This is Coder Radio, episode 56, for July 1st, 2013. everyone, you're listening to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. We stream this episode live over at jblive.tv. It's brought to you by our fine sponsor, GoDaddy.com. I'll tell you more about GoDaddy as the show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us from the heart of the storm every single week is our wonderful host, Mr. Michael Dominic. Hey there, Michael. Good morning, Chris. We have gale force winds of 30 miles per hour over here. And, you know, my, my Midwest reporter voice isn't very good. No, it's it's all right, though. I, I, I was actually able to pick up a little bit of the weather situation just because over the Skype line, I could hear the sideways rain hitting the window where you're sitting. So, uh, well, so, so that's one of the disadvantages of the thing about five miles from the ocean. You get lots get, of you get a lot of yeah. weather events. You really do. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all right. It gives us uh, different flavors to the show, right? It's sort of like... Um, um, like our set pieces for the uh, theater of the mind. What do you think? What do you think? Sounds good. So we got a grab bag of sorts episode today. We got uh, a couple of things, a couple of topics we're going to revisit. You picked up another gadget. Talk about that. Yes, yes. I forgot what you were mentioning. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell it really made an impression on you. It's like, wait, what? I think people will be surprised which gadget it might be because it's one he's actually tried before and is revisiting. And uh, I've got a few work-life balance problems to solve. To uh, maybe we can solve today here on uh, coder um, therapy. <laughs> but we've also got our feedback. Should we start there? Let's start there. All right. Well, our first email comes from Mike, and uh, Mike wrote into Coder Radio at JupiterBroadcasting.com. He said, "Hey guys, oh hey Mike, really enjoy the show as always. I have to respond." I have a respond. I have a respond for Leon's email last week about how to keep a company up to date with new technologies. Oh, great! Here's the short answer: you can't. Oh, the long answer is you can't unless you can provide unless you can prove it will save time or money, which you can't prove. So see the short answer. The even longer answer is is here's the steps I followed to bring a company out of the dark ages. Step one: build a reputation as of having a strong technical skill without being cocky with coworkers, i.e. There are other technical people and ask them questions like, did you read X article? Do you know that it could help this problem that we're having? Step two, do step one with a technical leader management. This is one of the little more, this one's a little more tricky. You either can make a business case for technology or offer to do a lunch and learn where you'll do a presentation about technology over the lunch hour. If you can convince your boss to provide a lunch as a team building experience, you'll get more coworkers to come. Very true. Free food. Uh, step three. This step is optional, and I call it the easier to ask for forgiveness than permission step. <laughs> mm. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This ought to be good. Uh, once you've built up a technical reputation, try and implement some newer technologies or update current ones. If you start small and show that you're adding value, you'll likely get more leeway. Otherwise, be prepared to ask for forgiveness. Mike. I like step two because I like free pizza. Uh, step three sounds like the fast track to the unemployment line. You know, uh, so when I was a young lad, uh, this is basically what I did is I came into a place that was a DOS shop, all DOS, all 45 locations. Right. And uh, they uh, they 
just had me do different stuff. And I just obviously had an aptitude for the technology and was very comfortable in it. And so um, I just sort of naturally became sort of the leader of the group as far as pushing the technical envelope. So I, just based on merits, I sort of got that that role. And then once I had that role, I was just pushing the envelope. I was one of the we had a, we had a particular problems, and I wanted I was I had been advocating the use of Linux for a long time, and so uh, they uh, they were they were uh, moving to Windows and NT at the time, and it just wasn't solving the problem. So because I sort of had gained this position of of understanding that okay, Chris has sort of a reputation of being on the technical edge and 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 you know picking the right technologies at the right time. And once I sort of established that and said, okay, I think we should try a Samba file server. I know it's really different than anything else we're doing, but you guys have used DOS, you guys have used NetWare. It's not too much different than that. Uh, why don't we try that? And if I didn't have that sort of um, position, they would have just said, yeah, right, kid, get out of here. Because at the time I was, you know, I was a couple years out of high school, maybe a few more, five years out of high school. So there's no way they would have at a bank would have taken my advice like that unless I had earned it. And that's one of the things, you know, so last week, just to catch people up, if you didn't hear episode 55, we got an email asking, you know, how do I bring my coworkers into, into new technologies? Because we've been working in like VB six for the last 10 years. And now we're, uh, we, you know, we're way out of date. What can I do to bring a, a group of an IT group up to date? And, you know, I didn't even really think about it. that's how I did it. This is what Mike is suggesting is essentially the path I did. It was just extremely risky at the time because it involved putting my neck out on the line and and advocating for stuff that I didn't, you know, fully think. I don't think I fully appreciated all of the risks involved at the time because uh, it's now stuff that I wouldn't do now that I'm older and a little safer. Right. So I feel like this is one of those cases where dev and admin are going to be a little different. Because um, let's say it took you... I don't even know how long it takes to set up a file server for Samba, like a week, maybe. Oh, uh, no, it takes an afternoon, you know, right. and that's, you know, but then to move the data and stuff might take a couple of days. So let's say, let's say the full process is like four days, right? Yeah, okay, four sure. business days. Sure. That's not gigantic, right? You can lose that on the dev side and going down the wrong path on solving a, bu- a bug. Right. Um, but the type of thing, so kind of what we were talking about last week is, you, know, you have your old rail or your old insert older platform here app and you want to bring it to something a little more modern that's usually a much larger undertaking than a week and like right? in, the, in the business you know I'm thinking back this place we had a ton of old school ASP pages not even ASP.net yeah well even even something that's more reasonable going from ASP to ASP.net is probably going to be counted in months not weeks or days right Especially uh, when you have a larger company. <laughs> yeah, especially if you want to go MVC. You know, if, <laughs> and if you got groups of stakeholders. <laughs> oh, stakeholders. <laughs> Such a, uh, God, yes, I know. I know. <laughs> well, you really got to get your stories in line. Like my favorite story is the three little pigs. <laughs> okay. The three little pigs walked into a conference room and they never got out. <laughs> and the big bad wolf drank himself to death because... You know, it had been four hours, and you couldn't take it. Uh, just make sure that uh, when you do that new push to the uh, ASP website, you come back to the change c- control committee and uh, report. I'm sorry, now. push? Push? Yeah. No, no, the, this is Team Foundation server. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'd like you to FTP those files up you're for right, me, you're please. Right. That's what we call push. Yeah, we call that push. Yeah. <laughs> we are, see, now we're going to get feedback. I, I, I have worked in many – I've worked in more places that have considered push – where they open up FileZilla and copy over the new files, and okay, we uh, pushed the new site. <laughs> I have to be honest. Like when I when I interview uh, 
you know, interns or junior devs. I happen to see FileZilla on their desktop. That's not great for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. like, so what are you what are you doing with that? Why, why do you have that? What you doing there? What you what you, what you, uh, you working on In, your uh, site from that? Yeah. Uh, please tell me you're not kind of thing. So I, you seem to maybe take uh, a couple of uh, qualms here with Mike's approach, even though I I think I've lived it. Well, so I like um you know I think step one you should do that anyway, right? Become an expert in your field. Step two, sure, continued education and free lunches are fantastic. I feel like step three is going to be pretty risky depending on the organization. And I can think of plenty of organizations that I've personally worked with where you would just be fired, right? Um, yeah, because number three is the uh, it's easier to ask for forgiveness step. Well, sometimes it's not, right? Because if you spent a day or even a few days working on something that your manager didn't know you were working on, you know, they may fire you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it, it, especially in more cash-strapped organizations. And also, it's really hard to to keep something modern. And I, I still agree, you know, you really can't enlarge... We'll use your word. The more stakeholders you get, the more people there are to say no. Right? Right. And it's just That's you know, why so many like, that's why so yeah. many people that's why so many people take the easier to ask for forgiveness route because it's almost impossible to get through that bureaucratic wall of thickness. Well, the problem is also an estimating problem. It is not as easy, you know, as you think it is to modernize something, right? It is just not. So if you thought it would be a week, it's probably a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess uh, you know, if you, if you if you want to follow Mike's advice, just think about how your how your company's going to respond, how your ma- how your direct management's going to respond, and uh, you know, if you sort of earned that role. Yeah, and if, honestly, if you're not happy, if you you know, if you're working on ancient technology and you're just you don't want to be, polish up the resume, right? Um, you're you're not married to your job. Right. There you go. So, That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, although just make sure there's a job out there. <laughs> yeah, you never know, right? Not suggesting that you 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 go for a coffee break and don't come back, kind of thing. No. Now we have a serious, serious, very important question that we got emailed into the show. Oh yes. Yeah, I mean, this is something I think a lot of people have been wondering about, um, and I'm finally going to answer it here on the Coda Radio program. You're going to hate my answer too. So uh, Nehemiah asks, I terribly sorry for butchering your name. You write in all the time, and I. Still can't get it right. What impact DDR5, the super-duper RAM Sony put in the PS4, is going to have? Ready for this, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely nothing. You think so, huh? Because with the cost of most AAA games, you can't afford to optimize for one platform over the other. Mm, womp, womp, womp. Yeah, that's a good point. I see where you're going there. I see your logic. Uh, and Microsoft's not doing DDR5? They're not. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Maybe now. Maybe now the Sony exclusive games might. Right. Maybe they'll. Maybe the Sony's titles themselves will. Oh, we're getting some errata. It's GDR5 or GDD. They needed a better name. Um, I don't really know. I, I don't. I don't really know. It's supposed to be special about. It, other than is it just faster? It's got like a higher bus. Yeah. Okay. I want that. Can I get that in my desktop? You know, that's the that's the irony, right? You it's, you can. It's yeah. just expensive. Well, all this stuff will be in the desktops, and I don't know. I. I don't yeah. think, I think potentially I'm just not going the way these consoles are going. I, I'm really unmotivated to buy an X-Bone. 
Um, PS4, maybe. You know, but I don't really feel any... I don't really... I think I just prefer to have my games on my computer. And I and then if I want to be tied to a service, I want it to be Steam. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even in love with having everything in Steam, but if I'm going to use... If I'm going to have some sort of online account where I'm buying games from, I want it to be Steam because at least there's... I, I know how they work and I know that I can download them on all my different computers. And, you know, I, I don't know for sure how that's always going to work on these consoles. I'm just... I have I have owned every console forever since you know I have been at the age to buy consoles. Basically, I didn't get the Super Nintendo, but everything after the Super Nintendo. And I don't know if I'm going to buy either one of these. Yeah, I mean, I ordered, I pre-ordered the Xbone, but honestly, I'm more. You know, I don't have a whole lot of time for gaming, so I often end up buying things on Steam eight months later for half the price. Right? Like perfect, right? Where the games I do have time to play end up being um, uh, indie games. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only exception in recent memory for me is uh, I got the new Bioshock Infinity just because people were absolutely raving about it, and it was amazing. I even installed the Windows Eight Evaluation Edition just to play it, and it was really good. But I didn't have to have a console for that, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I know. It's one of a, it's a weird thing now that the consoles are going to be so close to PCs. I guess what my problem is is that there's a lot of things that I have been very enthusiastic about for many years that are now moving beyond answering what I want as a consumer. And I'm talking about tablets, smartphones, laptops, um the Mac mm-hmm. Pro, consoles, they're all the general consumer is becoming more technologically inclined like it, it it really strikes me. I remember there used to be a time where I could go to a restaurant and nobody would be talking about technology. Now you go to a coffee shop or wherever, you'll always overhear somebody dropping something about Facebook, Wi-Fi, iPhone, whatever, Droid. You know, it's, it's very commonplace. Well, People I'll are very you. tied in compared to where they used to be. And yeah. I think all of these devices are being made for them and less and less for us at a, at a very, very increasing rate. So I'll tell you, I whipped out my uh, my iPhone because I ran to uh, to a deli for lunch over the weekend. And a guy in line saw that it was different. The software was different. He's like, is that an iPhone 6? No, no way. Because I'm running the beta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? No, no. I saw, no, I just have a fancy background because technically I can't. You He's know? checking out your parallax. He's checking. He saw you spotted your parallax going he on. He saw some parallax going yeah. on. <laughs> well, yeah, here's, just, where, now, uh, here's where I'm kind of leading us to is because there are a category of devices that do seem a little more targeted to us. Things like the Ouya. Okay. Yeah. And now, but before we get out of the feedback, because I want to just cover a little bit of business. Oh, I mean, hold on, hold on. I don't have dual oh, monitors, no. so I'm a, I'm a little slower on the gun. I want to cover a little business before we get into that. Uh, sp- specifically, before we jump completely out of the feedback, I just want to mention uh, we have a, a subreddit that um, if you guys want to help get involved with the show, suggest topics, or start conversation threads, this is the place to do it, coderadio.reddit.com, along with emailing or hitting the contact form. This is sort of a, a spot for you guys to collect links that you think are relevant and interesting to the other um, audience members or ones that might be applicable to the show. Or if you want to start a discussion thread that you would maybe like some other audience members to jump in on, so it's not just a direct question for Mike and I, but maybe it's something that uh, you think some other people might have had some experience with. Great things to start over at coderadio.reddit.com. Uh, so thank you guys for doing that. And before we jump into the Ouya discussion, which I know we've talked about it before, but you're going to be surprised where this is going to go. I want to thank this week's sponsor. 
GoDaddy.com. Now, GoDaddy is joined up with the Coda Radio program because they know you guys are the exact kind of audience they want to reach out to. You're working on projects. You're working on your own thing. You're working with friends and family. You're probably the tech person in your family. I know I am. Well, that's why they want to reach out to you because they've got a great deal for somebody that's in your position. They've extended our Coder 249 code so you can get a .com for $2.49 and then additional .coms for just $9.99. That's a great deal, Coder 249. But we got uh, 32% off anything you're getting. That's a great choice too. Maybe you're going to get uh, some hosting, throw up a VPS on there and get your Google Reader replacement going. Use the code GO32OFF4 when you check out. GO32OFF4 will save you 32% on your order. So we got two codes you can use, and I'm going to have a brand new code for you next week too. So uh, coder249 to get your .com for $2.49. And then if you want to just, this is only for new orders. So this is something you got to keep in mind. Maybe it's the first time you've ever bought something on this account. Then that would work. But this is a great deal. If you're going to get, get, get yourself a domain, get hosting, get a couple other things like, oh, you know what? I'll save that for next week, but I got a surprise for you next week. But I'm just saying, if you're going to get a few things at once, use that 32% off code. It's going to take 32% off the entire purchase. That's a great deal. Go 32 off four. Go 32 off four. And thank you to GoDaddy for sponsoring the Coda Radio program. And thanks for you. You know, you guys, when you use those codes, that's what keeps them coming back to our show. So really thanks to you guys too. And if you click the links in the show notes, even if you're not going to buy something, at least let's go, Daddy. Know you're checking out what they're offering, and that we're sending them your way, and we appreciate that too. So thanks to you guys, and thanks to GoDaddy for sponsoring Coda Radio. All right, Mr. Dominic. Now I started to tease it. Um, the Ouya, Ouya is has not blown anybody's socks off. Specifically, you. Uh, you tried out the dev unit. You weren't overly impressed. In fact, you canceled a project on it. But I'm looking, and I'm thinking, I'm not really interested in the PS4. I'm not interested in the expo, and I'm also not interested in dropping 500 bones. I, 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 like you, and I think a large part of our audience, get a thrill out of indie games, maybe because they're just maybe a little closer to what I played back in the day, or it's just some, it's, it's something about, you know, I understand the story behind it. I don't know what it is, but I do prefer indie games a lot. I'm, I, I kind of want to readdress the Ouya with you in this context, and, and I know that you've got, a, you've got a new one as well. So tell us about that and tell me what you think. Yeah, so I have a uh, consumer edition of the Ouya. I Which, get, is that what they're calling it? Consumer well, they're just edition? calling it the Ouya, but yeah, that's what the it proper is. Edition. Yeah, so yeah. before you had the developer edition. Yeah, and I still have the developer edition. Um, so what's really interesting is actually I patched the dev edition, and now it's fine. Oh. Uh, so it looks like there was a day one patch that addressed oh. a lot of the input lag issues. Oh, oh, really? So I wrote up a little uh, a little review of it, of the... 1.0 release on uh, dominicm.com. But basically it's they've solved a few of their major problems um, in particular menu speeds and the general lagginess of the store. Now there is still one weird thing with the store where it doesn't seem to cache the uh for lack of a better term album image for each game. So every time you load the page it re-downloads each image or it looks like it does. Oh really? Which seems weird, but yeah. 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 Uh, but it's actually performing well. There, I have to say, I'm reevaluating it. So it, it's good enough that I'm looking at it again. Now, I want to kind of revisit some of your original complaints because I know the things that were bothering you the most were input lag and. Uh, so I should I should pump the brakes just quick before we do that. Yeah. I've also found that it's miles better if you plug in a 360 controller. That's you know. Okay, there yeah. we go. Because I'm gonna say, how do you that? Yeah, the input lag yeah. doesn't solve the problem that the controller is not awesome, but you can use a 360 controller. So the controller doesn't have input lag anymore, but it doesn't it still, still kind of have like not a great feel to the buttons and stuff. Yeah, it's just not comfortable. Um, 
and just popping in a 360 or, and I'm told the PS3 controller works too, was miles of improvement, much better. Oh, okay. Well, uh, what about um, the fact that there's just not really all that many great games on there? So that's an issue. There are a lot of bad ports from Android tablets and Android phones. And when I say bad, those games have input lag issues. Those games have a lot of really not super acceptable performance problems. It's That's one of those things that only time can solve, right? At this point, the console's fast enough, it's performance enough, I've played enough good games on it that I could see that there's potential here. Uh, the other part, so there, to me, the problem has two sides, and I put this in my uh, review. A lot of the games are straight ports of touch games, and the UI doesn't hold up. Where not, not enough care was put into making the UI responsive. Or should, yeah. Are these products have been rushed, or are these products... I feel of- like they were rushed or didn't care. Well, see, that's what I'm worried about. See, that's where I'm worried that Ouya's fate lies is in this, and essentially, if they just another Android device that yeah. they don't really have a lot of reason to put a ton of effort into because it's just got a small percentage of the market share and maybe maybe as much or less than Nexus Seven. So, according to some of the data that has been around the internet, they're selling relatively well. Now, I don't know if that's on the strength of emulators, which is another item of concern, because most people I know who've bought them haven't downloaded a single Ouya game. Right, I mean, I, and I, I've straight I up remember yet. you slapped me down because I said, boy, if I, when I get my Ouya, because I've pre-ordered on Amazon, when I get my Ouya, I'm going to load Super Nintendo emulator on there, Genesis emulator on there, maybe if I can get a Wii emulator on there, and I'm just going to play a bunch of old great games on there. And you're like, well, that's going to kill the market. And that seems to be something that's very popular with this machine. You know, it's it's they've done what they can. They've solved a lot of the issues. There are, are still some games that look a little inappropriate. Um, there's still the emulators. You know, there's drinking games. There's a few things that look like they might be IP ripoffs, but I'm, you know, they're just on that line. Wait a minute, they have a Plex app for this thing? I think they do. Yeah. Oh, I'm sold. Plex Plex makes everything amazing. <clears throat> Plex is the best media streaming software ever. So I'm, yeah, and that, and when do I get mine? I want mine. Gosh, I'm sure there's people running Xbox Media Server on this. Yeah, too. it looks like there is. There looks like there is an XBMC app already. So that that's the thing. My lingering concern is if they keep this um, hands off approach to the store, which let's be honest, politically they can't undo because the internet will go crazy. Are they going to be able to get dedicated Ouya games that aren't just um, overwhelmed by crap? Hmm. Or, or yeah, I would play your new indie platformer, but you know, I could just download Super Mario World. Uh, I don't know what will happen. Yeah, I I suppose I mean you're kind of that's kind of you're kind of worst case scenario there, don't you think there can be kind of a happy middle ground where it's sort of uh oh, that's, so the, that's the funny problem. when you're on Amazon they recommend when you buy the Ouya they recommend you also buy the Xbox One. <laughs> hmm. That turns this ninety ninety nine dollar purchase into a six hundred and forty nine dollar purchase. <laughs> Thanks, Amazon. Good recommendation there. 
Sorry to interrupt. There probably will be a few games that are successful in the UI, and I, I think there's still a lot of um, potential. I'm just not sure, you know, how comfortable smaller devs are going to be competing with emulators in particular, right? I think your worry, I think your worry might be, um, <clears throat> although I did say this is for the more technical crowd, didn't I? I was going to say, because uh, people, people like, for example, the mass consumer who are buying the Roku, which is kind of where I see this device fitting. This, to me, could be potentially a Roku killer, because if it does Netflix, if it does Plex, and it does all the games, I'm not sure why I'm buying a Roku anymore, right? I mean, just right, right there. That's all it needs to do. You're the same market who knows how to, you know, get ROMs on a USB and load them up. Right, but 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 the general Roku buyer isn't. But I'm not sure that the interface and that the, you know, that Ouya has the content deals with, say, Netflix to get that general buyer. Well, I mean, all it takes for Netflix to get on board is an app, right? I bet they will do it. I wouldn't be surprised, but I bet it's not a super high priority. Yeah. But if they do get it, if they do get it and they get something like Hulu Plus and a few of those other video channels, I mean, the Roku's really great. I, yeah. I have I have underappreciated the Roku. I did not, until, I, of course, I got the Roku 3, and then when, when I got the remote with the headphone jack, it's just been, been I've been all in. Uh, but I, I think the Ouya, I just, you know, looking at this, I'm thinking, though, if I was going to buy again, why wouldn't you get an Ouya over Roku if it had some of the same video support? And then all of a sudden, we're talking a totally different market where... You're 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 talking to people who just want to stream Netflix, but then all of a sudden you've got this whole game catalog they could fire up from time to time. These are people who are going to be a little more casual. They're going to be a little less savvy. They're going to probably expect to pay around an app store price for a game, but that might be good for the Ouya market. I mean, these might be just this could be just the right product if they can get it kind of in that category. And then if you do land in that spot, I really don't think the emulators are. I mean, it's going to be a, a you know, it's going to be ten percent of the market tops that are even. Oh yeah, do it. if if the general consumer starts buying this or is buying this, then I don't think the emulators are an issue. Um, but if it stays in kind of that weird nerd gamer tech community, I feel like it's going to be really hard to compete with them. Yeah, yeah. Given that a lot of indie <clears throat> games are, I don't think know, a device. Of, I don't think a device like this can can succeed in 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 that niche of a market. I think it has to go main consumer. Um, because well, those all, people are will probably buy a PS4 too. They need right? to. They need to. Well, no. See, I think this is for the folks that are not as interested into gaming to buy a PS4. I think this is people like me who are kind of kind of getting done with buying these five hundred dollar consoles that just kind of suck after two three years. Anyways, I'd rather buy a ninety nine dollar little dealy that could play indie smaller games. The once or twice a week tops. I'm going to do it tops, and that's tops. And we might be talking once or once or twice right. a month. I think that represents a much larger market than than these five hundred dollar consoles represent. I mean, I hope you're right. I I think there's still a good market for it is children, right? Parents buying this for kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the kind of hands off approach to the store makes yeah. that a little. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Could there be another app store? Could somebody else make another? Probably not. Probably not. I'm I'm not totally sure how that would have to work on the Ouya. Um, oh, I just checked mine. I should have. Oh, mine's supposed to arrive next Monday. My Ouya. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'll get a chance to kick it, kick the tires, but it'll probably be after next week's Coda Radio. Um, 
So you, so you see, you see where I'm seeing, but it, so I think if they don't, if they don't break out of that niche, then they don't succeed and they fail anyways. If they do break out of that niche, then your concern about the emulators, whilst it's still going to be there and still warranted, it's just going to be a, a, a tiny percentage of the user base. Right. It'll be the same percentage, you know, not the same people. I'm not suggesting people who use emulators are necessarily pirates, but they often are because technically that's piracy. Yeah, I like like Unix like says it. So it seems like the type of device that could also lead to uh, DLC hell, where everything's pay as you go. Everything. Well, so that's one thing. I was enjoying a uh, a eight bit game, and I'm like, okay, how much to buy the full version? And it's like fifteen bucks. I feel like the and it was an Uya exclusive. I feel like the developers who have gone Uya exclusive, and I kind of looked at the prices, are hedging their bet by by going with high prices or higher sure, prices. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, so the other elephant in the room is there is a lot of competition coming out for the Ouya. Uh, there's Just, the did NGDA. you see the rumor that uh, Google's going to uh, uh, release a game console? Yeah, but the thing is, Google's going to have the same problem the Ouya has unless they start reviewing apps. You really? Th- I mean, I, I don't think I don't think the majority of our audience is going to agree with you on that. You, you, what you're essentially advocating for is the Steve Jobs App Store filter. Well, I'm advocating that if you're going to target kids. Right. I if, think if, you can do it like how – so I don't know if you've seen on some devices on Netflix. You log into Netflix, and then when, before it brings up your menu, it says, would you like Netflix or just for kids Netflix? And you click on that, and it's this totally different interface, much friendlier, and only kid stuff is in there. And that's all they got to do. Right, but someone has to filter those by kids, right, by poor kids. So, yeah, so somebody Netflix, has to do it. Yeah, takes, someone has yeah, done that. Right. Someone's done the work. On Netflix, yeah. So that would be totally fine if there was a, you know, for kids mode. Which, honestly, I'm not sure why Google hasn't done that. Or why, if they're coming out with the game console, why they don't do that. But even if they did, it doesn't affect Ouya, right? Ouya's not using the Play Store. Ouya's got its own, the Ouya Store, whatever, right? Right, but they operate... Very similar to the Play Store, right? Okay, okay. Um, you know, that's a really tough thing. As a parent, I can kind of see your point. Um, I would not want my kids to come across, like, you know, if there's something dirty in there, I wouldn't want them to come across that. Well, I mean, come on. You can go on Android and look at, quest- you know, there are questionable, quote, anime games, right? Like, they're there. Um, yeah. And surprisingly near the top of the charts terms of downloads at least so i i don't know i mean maybe i am going for a walled garden approach but yeah i mean there well there's it could be a curated garden i think i don't yeah. i think it's i think if you're going to spend the time to prune it out like that you should just <clears throat> use that time to create a safe zone and then the free zone and say all right if you go in here you need the password or something like that i don't know you know but over here is the free zone this over here is the safe zone kids can go in here it's all editor-selected content, you know, the stuff that we think really show. So it'd be like it's stuff that showcases the Ouya. It's stuff that really kind of, uh, you know, is is fa- family-friendly, uh, you know, stuff that we've worked out with the uh, developers to get big banner art so we can make it look real good on your HD display up and big and, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. That And then, if, then, see, that's kind of a way to accomplish what you're talking about without doing this sort of Steve Jobs App Store approach where... Uh, you know, you say you want porn, you go get an Android. Cause you don't, you don't want to be that guy either. So I think that's how you do it. You just say, all right, well, if we're going to spend the time, these guys will just make the editor selected area, and that's also they make sure all the IP violations aren't. You know, when they come across when they're doing, they can catch it then and stuff. I, 
I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to set this up in my living room and see how it goes. Right now, the family really likes Roku. And it, it's, one right. of the things that's interesting about the Roku I didn't even factor in is they're enjoying just the ability to casually play a game from time to time. So if they want to, you know, play Angry Birds for a minute on the TV, you know, that's about all they ever want. And so then it's, all right, we've done that for five minutes. Now we're, da- we're, we're, we're done, Dad. And then they walk away. If, and that would be, you know, for $99 for a streaming device that plays a few games and streams my movies, okay, no value lost there. That's exactly what I want from that kind of purchase. But when it's a $500 console and they only play it for five minutes, I'm a little butthurt about that. I'm like, what the hell did I just spend $500 on? No, you get over here and you sit in front of this TV. You sit and play this video game until your video game is done, son. <laughs> uh, get all the achievements. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no dinner until you get no, your achievements. Yeah, I mean, e- either way, though. You know they're gonna have to get better Ouya optimized games, yeah, and not just ports from Android, even if they don't curate it, right? Yeah, because uh, honestly, they could survive without curation, but they can't survive with being yet another Android device to target. And I'm almost wondering if the idea of an Android console isn't flawed. Well, that's, that was what I was. That's what I suggested earlier. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't seem like a bet the best gaming platform out there. But there's nothing terribly wrong with it. Except that it encourages lazy porting, basically, right? So by volume, wow, that is a wooden ouya. Yeah, you like it, a wooden ouya with with a leather bottom. <laughs> that is fantastic. So that is the Steve Jobs ouya. <laughs> oh man, and then, and then they also have the uh, vinyl <laughs> ouya. <laughs> but my my inner Apple fanboy has to come out because I have to troll people in the chat room right now. Apple TV is going to get games eventually, and this is all going to be a moot point. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Dude, on our pre-WWDC episode, I was saying that, and you were up and down. No, 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 you're crazy. Apple's not going to do that. It's a different world with Uncle Tim. Different world. It's it's like you listened back to the episode and now are completely agreeing with me. <laughs> Pretty much. Because <laughs> I realize Uncle Tim... As long as it generates revenue, he's pretty much happy. Well, and they're and they're slipping stuff in there now. They're slipping more and more apps in all the time. Uh, I, I think they're going to do. I think they're going to flip a switch eventually, and they're going to do it first with uh, only approved developers. They'll work out relationships with big guys, the HBOs and the other big guys out there, and then uh, and then the next thing you'll know is then they'll then then maybe in 2014 they'll flip it on. Apple moves so freaking slow. Apple is so slow. And what's interesting, though, is you watch these other guys do it. You know they're watching the Ouya, and they're watching the response to the Xbox One, and they're going to see if, what Google does. And they just sit back and they go, okay, guys, screw it all up. And then they just cherry pick the stuff they've all, everyone's done right, and they put it all together in one, and they c- come to market with it and may- pretend like it's complete and total black magic. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny to watch it happen because it's, it's going to happen with this TV stuff. We're going to watch these. Just like, think back to the iPod, right? We had the Rio players. We had the Creative Nomad. I mean, we had all this different stuff back then just like we have all these little different tv devices now and then apple comes out with the ipod years into it, like three years into the market four years into the market since these these devices on the market for years boom they come out and they say what's up we're apple and we're here to make and we're here and we mean business and here's the ipod so, there's one big pitfall that i don't know if they can avoid just due to their nature if that makes sense can apple because they're going to come late to the game they always come late to the game right can they resist the temptation to make this a thing they use as leverage or as um, ways to help developers they like? Kind of like what Microsoft is doing. And I 
I, I could tell you Steve Jobs Apple would not have been able to resist that temptation, for sure. But he's like, you know what? We like Rovio. Rovio can be on our TV game platform. Hmm. Oh, you ported to Android and did simultaneous release? Mm, you can't. Yeah, I think that's exactly yeah. how it'll start. I think that's exactly well, that because they're my concern is if they do that, they're going to come so late to the game that they're going to be an also ran. But you're probably right. And I think this segues into everybody's favorite company. Microsoft. Chris, you're a big Windows 8 fan, right? Uh, well, um, actually, I'm a huge uh, Windows 8.1 fan. I have it installed on all my devices. Um, I'm right now trying to install it on my Note 2, but I'm having some trouble. Uh, and you're a big WinRT fan, though, right? You're running the RT version. Well, dude, I run Win. I I I love WinRT so hard. I run it on x86. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> so build was this last week. Yeah. So build was a. I mean, I would like to not hit this hard, but I'm kind of bored. Oh my gosh! Build Could, was pathetic. Build oh, was really bad. Good. I'm so glad you say that because I was gonna. I I yeah. was gonna be like, if you came on here and said, "Man, build was great," I was gonna be like, "What what conference were you watching?" <laughs> build was just. Um, it, yeah, they had, they had a big conference in Moscone mm-hmm. and like announced nothing. Well, we got windows eight one, which is basically in big capital letters. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Only, you know, so the big feature, and I guess they got like a standing ovation, which was probably a little embarrassing. Uh, when they announced the, uh, when they announced the, um, um, start button, not a menu, not a menu, but the start uh, button, they got a standing ovation. That is the saddest thing that could have possibly happened. So, you know, you remember back in the dinosaur days, XBLA kind of brought this whole indie game thing to consoles. Mm-hmm. Now, if you owned XBLA, you'd probably press that early advantage, right? Yeah, I mean, that would be one of my uh, early sort of uh, first market uh, areas of growth. That seems like you sh- something you'd leverage. Or would you shut it down? No, no, I would definitely not shut it down. That would be a big mistake. So did you pay attention to where um, they got asked, well, what about indie games and self-publishing? Did you pay attention I, to what the answer was? I was really focused on the uh, Windows stuff. I didn't know what. We don't have anything to say about that now. Um, if you're interested in self-publishing, you should focus on WinRT. And there's been a lot of whispers and rumors that I've been hearing around that. WinRT's dead? I mean, WinRT's dead. WinRT's dead, yeah, or uh, Windows Eight, right? Uh, so, so Metro. I was, uh, I was, um, it was Windows Weekly. He live streamed it on Friday, which they never, you know. I was, I tuned into Twitstream. I've never, you know, Dude, th- Windows Weekly is like getting it, that is the most depressing podcast you could listen to. Oh my gosh! Like I, I used to watch back when I was you know working with a Windows 2012 server. I was watching Windows Weekly just to kind of stay current on stuff, and that was, I guess, back in late 2011. Um. Yeah, are they? They look like they need some medication. They are really bummed out about the direction Microsoft's going in. Like it is really down. Like Paul's become Eeyore. Oh, it's um. it's funny. I, I I won't be surprised if Paul Thrott opens you know the super site for OS ten pretty soon, just because it's uh, if you don't know super site for Windows is his website. Like pretty much everything he says. So this would be a great move for Microsoft. So naturally, they're not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. so uh, what you know, what I kind of what I kind of was struck by was um, they Microsoft really seems to be disconnected. They really seem to be they they don't really seem to be getting it. 
they just sort of they they sort of think like the old empire. Um, there's a quote from Karl Rove out there. Where, right, well, hang on. Let me let me let me tell you uh, what I've been hearing first because okay. we're we're about oh. to get off track. Oh, okay. With the indie thing. Supposedly, uh, I have it on relatively good authority from the word on the street from other small developers I know. Uh, the path that they're going for is Windows 8 first, and then they will call you. Right? Wait, so there is wait, no. Wait, what is that? Wait, wait, wait. Windows wait. 8 first, and then we'll Windows call 8 you. first, yes. So when you contact them, if you're interested in the Xbox One, they redirect you to develop for Windows 8. Oh, you, you don't want to develop for that. No, you don't. You don't. No one wants to develop for that. And that's been the problem, right? Now, to be fair, New Jersey, New York, the tech people, it's it's a pretty Apple-heavy kind of environment, right? At least the circles I'd be in. But when you're thinking touch platform for games, you're not thinking Surface. No, and you know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 almost, it's almost like, okay, so uh, I, I really believe Microsoft has a mentality I, I honestly believe this is it. They have a mentality that we are so big that if we will something to be, eventually the weight of the empire will move it into reality. And I believe, they, I believe they actually think through sheer market dominance and just sticking with it, because the way it used to work for Microsoft was if they just stuck with it for long enough, it would take off. I don't believe they can even accomplish that anymore. I think Microsoft's now gotten to the point where the market just completely does not react. But they still operate like they can move the market in a direction. And they just think if they just keep pushing for a while, and I think it's I think maybe this is a bomber thing. Like I don't even think it registers with them that they're not actually moving the market. I mean, obviously the numbers show it, but it's like they don't believe it. So I have a different theory. I feel like they are Apple if Apple didn't have conviction. Right, if Apple wasn't stubborn. Okay. okay. And you, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, um, and we mentioned Paul Thrott. Paul Thrott in particular is critical of Apple and to a, to a point Google's uh, paternalism in their software, right? Where it works the way we give it to you and that's it kind of thing, right? And if you notice, you know, Apple doesn't change things because people complain. Microsoft, I feel, with Windows 8 has tried to be like Apple. We're bringing this new design and we're giving it to you and that's it. But then they backpedal. Yeah, well, they were definitely were doing that during the development of Windows 8 when, you know, everyone was saying this doesn't work, this doesn't work. Microsoft seemed to have some conviction in that regard, in the design regard. And now they're walking it back. And I think it's cute that they're saying, me, well, we're a, fa- well, we're a fast iteration company now. Yeah, you're a fast no, iteration company because you've got a ship. You've got a sinking ship. This is worse than Vista. I actually feel that they would have been better off either never developing Metro and just you know being an enterprise company. And I, I wrote an article about this suggesting they should split. Or if they wanted to be Apple, then you have to be Apple. You know, But Apple was always like this, and then they paid for it with blood in the 90s, right? Yeah, and, and if, if you're going to shove something down someone's throat, you don't then, oh, well, what's your feedback? You don't care if you're going to be that kind of company. All, just, also, Apple was, you know, nearly burned down to the stake and then and then rebuilt with a with a new culture or right. uh, or a re-embraced culture. Microsoft, you know, you know that they're they're difficult. There is a core culture at Microsoft that when you're okay. there is actually cuz you know, I've I've visited Microsoft on many right. occasions. It's it's really kind of um I don't know. At the right times, it's actually a really great place to be. 
Um, the people there, can, you know, you really feel like you can be part of something. But the problem is it's all it's sort of lost as you go up the stack. And by the time you get to the public, it's all gone through committees and everything gets washed out. And I, I, I don't think they could be Apple. I mean, I think this is them trying to be Apple. This is exactly what we're witnessing. Right, but they're, they're, they're Apple if Apple were cowardly, right? And, and let, let's be fair, the reason they're like that is because they make millions, if not billions, off of enterprise licensing of Windows. I and, also actually think it might be possible that sometimes Apple releases something and just doesn't care if it, go, if you, it blows up or you, not. You mean OS X? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I Products mean, Apple doesn't care about. <laughs> no, I don't mean like that. I mean like uh, everything Microsoft does. They want it to be the biggest, the most widely used, the most highly successful. No way. I don't believe that. All right. So let, let's let's talk about WinRT and the Surface. Okay. Which is a joke. I'm just well, going to call it. I'm going to call it. Given the time it was released, we were just on the cusp of Haswell. You know, we were about two years out or a year and a half out, yeah, right? Yeah. It's too long to wait. But anybody who's not either not in the industry or not a total idiot would have known that, hey, Intel is going to solve this problem for you. Right, ARM exists only because Intel couldn't do it at the time. So, if you're Windows and you want to sell this, you know, Windows everywhere, the same operating system, just wait. Like you've already waited four years. What the I know, hell? I know. What is one more year? I, like, I, I, I guess maybe they felt like they had to get something out for shareholders. I'm I sure don't... they felt like that. You know, I'm sure the shareholder meetings where people showed up with iPads and it was like, well, what the hell? Yeah, you know, yeah. This is Apple. I feel like. You know, if I were in Microsoft, I'd have a lot of really weird feelings toward Apple because, you know, Apple went from the scrappy little guy we helped out to basically being, you know, better, right? Like, or at least more profitable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I, I just I mean, how could you think that Intel wasn't going to fix that problem, right? That, that power management, that power problem. There was a time where people thought Intel wasn't going to fix it, but yeah. I mean, there they, was a time, but it wasn't when the Surface was right. released. Right. When the Surface came out, we knew what direction. I mean, has, like you said, and Haswell you was on the radar. that Microsoft has a special relationship with Intel. They should have known well before me and you would even have an inkling that something was in the pipeline. Maybe they, you know, they, they, they just thought Metro was going to be a huge hit and that the processor architecture just simply would be an implementation detail because it'd be abstracted away and everything would run in Metro. It's, I'm sure that I mean, I'm sure that was the hope. It's another 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 interesting example. I mean, this is now we're just getting mean, but I mean the fact that yeah. I couldn't even keep the name Metro. I mean, really, like go buy the company, okay? Whatever, just go so buy them. That company is actually a fairly large company. Okay, well, whatever. Can they license the name? I mean, come on, it's just so sad. It it just it it is just one more thing on the list of Microsoft's rampant floundering. They have been. Microsoft has been in a funk for a long time now, and they, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was when they lost Bill Gates. I think it's why Bill Gates left. I think Bill Gates is like, yeah, I think we've peaked, and he left. So I actually had a lot of optimism for Win Eight and Xbox One, as you know, people who listen to back episodes of the show. Yep, I was probably not correct, at least in half of that, and I feel like. You know, Win 8 could have been good. But they were stubborn in all the wrong places, and they were, like, this whole, it's, I'm sorry, this whole start button thing, it's a joke, right? I mean, come on. Because mm-hmm. you know that most people who complained wanted the start menu back, not the start button. 
Yeah, the question we have to ask ourselves is, uh, is it is it their place to sort of continue to limp that old stuff along, or are they allowed to completely reboot it like this? And well, if they the are, problem. do they just they do have it wrong? Historically, limped on and supported. I mean, Windows XP just went out of support. Right, right. They ha- they have this weird need to support everything forever. Well, that's led and, to their adoption in the business, and it's also led to lots of security problems in enterprises. You know, I understand the enterprises don't want to retrain people, but at some point, insisting on staying on old operating systems is, you know, sure, you're unlikely to get hacked given the largeness of the world, but if you do, it's going to be bad, right? I mean, oh yeah, there is no excuse for still running XP today. Oh, yeah. You know, if you have a proprietary app that probably requires IE6. Then give a developer a job and get you it know fixed. What? Then, then pay 20 to 40 grand or however big your app is and, and have someone do it for you. Um, I, I just, I just think we're watching sort of, a, a changing of the consumer base. Remember earlier in the show, I mentioned that you're getting more general consumers. Those people really don't have an incentive to buy windows as much anymore. They're still there. And I, you know, I'm not trying to downplay that too much, but I think it's, it's a lot less than it's ever been the reason to buy windows yeah. and your reason to buy windows. If you do have one is probably all of the things that sold windows seven and windows XP, not the things that are selling windows eight. Because the reasons to buy, if you're a consumer who's in a market for a Windows 8 type device, you really have no reason to get a Windows 8 type device. So I feel like we're hitting Microsoft pretty hard, and, and I don't mean to be a, you know, too mean. And I actually, I still think they can save themselves. But one issue they have is, you know, their OEM partners aren't doing them any favors. Yeah, totally. Um, That's always been the case. You know, if I take my $900 to the Mac store, and then I take my $900 to Best Buy, Sure, in terms of specs, the nine hundred bucks buys you less at the Mac store. Sometimes, yeah. But I get a I get a nice, you know, svelte looking metal laptop. Best Buy, the PCOEM manufacturers love cheap plastic. Why? And the cooling always sucks on those ones, and right, and the fans are rinky dinky, and it sounds like a plane. And the buying experience is atrocious. Right. Uh, but okay, but this is the same problem Android has. You know, the only thing that really makes money on the Android side is Samsung, and Samsung makes a ton of money. But the, like, you know, nobody else right. really making money. Well, I, I mean, I've long said that Google owns Motorola. Time to make the official Android phone, right? Yeah. Although, do that. If I were Google, I would just take the HTC One and say this is the official phone. I've, I've honestly never had a better phone than this HTC One. I, I, well, I, I, I have it as well. Did you get it from Ting? Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. This is the nicest Android phone I've I've ever had. This is the nicest phone I've ever had. Yeah. Um. Um. You know, I I've always said I wish I could have Android on the iPhone five hardware, but I really don't mean that because I'd like the iPhone five screen to be wider. This is right. that. This is it. It even has the what do they call the edge? The 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 uh, oh, you know, machined edge. Yeah, it's kind of I know what you mean. I don't know. I, there's a, they have a special name for it, don't they? At HTC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got that yeah. on the 5, too. And But, you know, and it's got a metal back. I mean, this is a really, really, really good phone. I don't think HTC One's doing that great with it, though. I mean, they're doing okay, but they're not doing that great. It's still all Samsung. They're, they're, they're doing okay. The problem is they, you know, Samsung's so big at this point. And Samsung has an Android phone at every level of the market in terms of price. Um, it was kind of funny. I was recently in a Verizon store, and Samsung, you know, you could take out every other phone and just have the iPhone and Samsung. Oh yeah, and I, and I don't think it would affect sales, <laughs> or it would be a small effect, right? 
Yeah. And I mean, so, half the wall is Samsung. So this problem is not totally unique to Microsoft. They're a little better off in, in that regard in terms of the spread. Uh, but their their OEMs are always sort of underwhelming on the hardware side, uh, unless you get into the server space. Then they've got, you know, HP's got HP and all those other guys got some good stuff. But in the consumer space, it's just awful. It's just awful. Nokia, you know, is decent on the phone side. Yeah, Nokia phones are nice. And, you know, the Lumia, what is it, 928 on Verizon is really good. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you you know we don't even want to get into the retail thing because. So if you were, uh, you know, if you were, if you were sitting at Microsoft, what changes would you make to get so, consumer adoption up? Because oh, you're not going to get I a like, helpful, you're not going to get a flourishing developer community until this problem is solved. So I actually wrote an article about this. I think it's less about consumer versus enterprise, and more about accepting that Windows, Xbox, Azure. And the enterprise businesses should all be separate in that there's no relationship. They should be totally separate. Um, You know, reverting back to the the games thing for just a minute. The only conceivable reason in my mind that they're pushing people towards Windows 8 is that they're trying to boost Windows 8. Right. At the expense of Xbox. That's Balmer's whole philosophy. They're they're all about Windows. They could change their mind tomorrow. I mean, it's a policy decision, not a technical limitation as far as anyone knows. You think so? You think the fix is to sp- split them up? But I, I think separately they would all be stronger companies. Because think about a Windows division that doesn't care, right? A Windows division who could say, you know what, OEMs, we don't like you anymore. Make make their own products. The Surface RT is actually a really nice device that they've made themselves. Same as the Surface Pro hardware wise. I mean, yeah, I think you- I agree with JBViewer three at this point. If I'm a developer or if I'm an OEM hardware manufacturer thinking about building my next device, I look at Microsoft and I think, I can't take them seriously. I can't take where they're going to go seriously. This How is many people said that about Apple in 1995? I mean, to yeah. say that because they've done poorly, they can't come back is silly. Right? And what I'm, not to clarify for not Bryant, what I'm saying is the Windows division needs to realize that, you know, if the OEMs aren't willing to do them any favors, then forget about it. Don't be afraid. Don't be coy about pricing competitively I just feel and manufacturing like, your own product. I feel like their biggest misstep over the last 10 years has been their total lack of integration. The fact that they're the fact that they don't have the most the fact that the most amazing they, venture applications aren't Microsoft, that's a huge misstep. The fact that the music services and the app services and the gaming services have all been separate on each platform for all these years is ridiculous. That was a huge mistake. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of all of the things that Microsoft has, all of the services they have that don't work on the Xbox or, or work on the Xbox but don't work on the desktop that aren't tied together. If they would have gotten their crap together 10 years ago, they would be way ahead of iTunes. They would be, I mean, they had a music store built into Windows Media Player when iTunes shipped, built into every Windows desktop, and iTunes still came out and still kicked their ass. So Microsoft has been unable to pull it together, but if they could have, man, if they could have integrated it all. If they did, they would have been in federal court 10 years ago. They would have absolutely been sued by for antitrust. And there's an, that is why their products are not integrated. So. Are you blaming are you blaming the feds for Microsoft's current state? <laughs> well, I'm blaming Microsoft, right? So, you know, how however you feel about that lawsuit, the bottom line is they have they had a target on their back for several years after that. So they kind of made this weird separation of divisions. What they should have done is separate companies, because listen, their applications business is and could be a profitable company. Xbox. 
would probably be better off alone. Azure is profitable already, right? I mean, there are all these businesses. The weakest business is the one that they're pretending is their best, Windows in the consumer space. Right? Windows is gangbusters in enterprise. But the, yeah. the thing that, and maybe there's more complex things that they understand that I don't. But looking at the relationship between the OEMs and Microsoft, I would go to HP and say, listen, you need me. I don't need you, at least in the consumer space. Sure seems I'll like make it. a better laptop myself. Right. And you know, what are they going to do? Are, are they going to ship Linux? I mean, are they going to try and sell? They might. Well, they might have, you know, in, in, in. It'll take them how long to, to yeah. learn how to do that. Yeah, it'll take right? them a while to spin that up. But yeah. But I feel like because of the antitrust, they're so afraid to, to press any kind of, you know, what might be construed as coercive maneuver in the market, right? Which is funny because if you look now, uh, what Microsoft, I mean, Microsoft got in trouble for more than just bundling IE. They were also abusing, you know, OEM relationships and, and, and pressuring schools and all this kind of stuff. It was a lot, a lot of stuff there. But if you look at some of it, like everybody does what they got in trouble for at some degree now. Like Google's got all these special arrangements with OEMs that sort of force them to do certain things. That way they get the Google apps. And of course, everything's yep. going to ship with Chrome built yep. in. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's Apple a totally different world now. Apple goes to the point of making special arrangements with developers and publishers on their platform. And, and now with app stores integrated into it all on top of it, I mean, it's just, it's a whole big I mean, monster. In a way, I'm not saying I'm totally sympathetic, but there is an argument to be made that, you know, the government's interference is why we're seeing them flounder today. I um, I I th- I could definitely see how it put them back on their heels, but I think when 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 Windows Seven hit, they had a new second wind, and I think if they would have gotten their crap together around then, in time for the Windows Eight release, if they could have had everything kind did of did they though? Did they really? I mean, think about the products they had launched other than Windows Seven. Let's talk Windows Mobile, Windows Phone Seven, and Zune. I mean, those are three tremendous failures right off the bat. Yeah, and Office was just kind of just being Office. It wasn't really doing. And anything Office is is lucky that enterprises renew it. Yeah, I mean they weren't even online at that at that point. Back How about then. this? Metro came out, and there's not a, a native Metro Office. I know this is what I'm saying. It's it's yeah. inconceivable. It is inconceivable. It would be like it would be like uh, Apple shipping the next Mac without iTunes. I mean, it just would never yeah. happen. They would. It, it would make no sense whatsoever. It is unbelievable they can't get the crap together like that. I mean, from the outside, I'm sure there's lots of really good internal reasons that make tons of sense to them. But from the outside, that is essentially torpedoing their own product. I think the internal reasons are, you know, enterprise makes enough money that it doesn't matter. But look at this, dude. Just think about this. To them, on Windows RT, they made the determination as a company that Office is so critical that we are going to enable the desktop just for these four applications and we will put just buttons for them you can't even there's not even a desktop button in rt there are four office buttons and you press those they drop to the desktop and then they launch those applications and they are the standard windows applications and that has caused tons of consumer confusion (laughs) that has been one of the hugest critiques of the rt tablet and if they could have just gotten word basic and excel basic shipped in metro and they really could have done that you're telling me they couldn't have done that and they didn't do it because well, the office I mean, team sure, wouldn't do it. I'm sure you know, know as well as I that the internal politics over there, it's, you know, it's, it's Kremlinology, right? It's, there are all kinds of weird backdoor but, deals. But who's between, your market for the RT tablet? It is people in the enterprise who have 
office documents and Excel spreadsheets they want to bring into a meeting with them and pull them up on an RT tablet. And it just blows my mind. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of sick that, okay, if they're going to be pathetic. this one. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah. If they're going to be this one big company, you either have to be totally integrated and have no fiefdoms, right? There should be no president of Xbox, no Don Ma- actually just no Don Matrick to begin with for but, anything. Yeah. But it, you know, you there's know what no the good news is though? Windows. The good news is is oh, we are doing there's that. been a lot of rumors about a big yep. restructure coming up. And we could be on this episode on this show in the next couple of weeks talking about how Microsoft has slimmed down, they've, you know, realigned things and maybe we're going to actually start seeing like, you know, everybody on the same on the same game plan. You but think it could happen? Be, I mean, it, I would hope, you know, if they're not going to break up Balmer, you know, the brand shouldn't be Windows or Office. It should be Microsoft. One team, one company, one president. That's it. Everything's integrated. And if I was him, I would welcome a Justice Department lawsuit because then I would subpoena Tim Cook. And then I would subpoena Eric Schmidt. And then either everybody goes down with me or everybody has to help me. Because Can you imagine if Apple was brought into federal court for their business practices? Yeah, I mean that. I mean that would be unbelievable. It would be great. That would be like one of those things where it'd be like if if he had, they'd have to have he'd have to have some ability to bring them all down. But yeah, you could just you could at well, this point would, you could just look around the rest of the industry. Look at or look at here's another great example. You know, Samsung, they make the chip, they make the boards, they yep. make the screens, they make you know everything except for the OS. Uh, but then they bundle a lot of the stuff with that with services. You know, there's a lot of Samsung services that come with the uh, TouchWiz. Yep. Uh, so. It's it's if you could have taken the jury from the Microsoft uh, case back then and brought them into the future to see where we're at. Well, now. well you need the judge, not the jury, because. Well, and judge. again, remember, the only there wasn't the only the other thing they were also doing was, you know, a lot of OEM bullcrap and stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't just about the browser. Well, and let, I mean, let's let's take a look at the Google Samsung relationship. I'm sure you could find something there, right? Mm hmm. How about it's very interesting that Apple contracts the Samsung to make the first few iPhones, and all of a sudden they're a big player in this market. <laughs> how did they learn how to do that? I are you su- are you suggesting something, Mr. Dominic? I could imagine. I can't imagine what I would be. So implying. build conference, bit of a disappointment. Maybe this yeah. is uh, the calm before the storm. Maybe the next you know build conference. It, it's time to fire Bomber. It's time to hire me. Wow, I, I could be. I could get on board with that. Uh, you know, before we before we run, I just wanted to make a special mention, aka pick. We haven't done one for a little while, and I actually haven't loaded it myself, but it came in via our subreddit, and it's from uh, some from it's a source we trust, and that is uh, Sublime Text has hit uh, three in beta. I couldn't have said that any more cryptically. Sublime Text <laughs> three public beta is out. There you go. That's a little better. Uh, and of course, uh, one of the things is high DPI support for Windows and Linux, which is awesome. Now both. Michael and I love Sublime Text too. Yes. So this is—I don't know if it's ready for prime time yet, since it's in beta. Yeah, I haven't tried the beta yet, but I am. Uh, Speed is the first bullet yeah. point, by the way, in the feature list. Speed. Yeah, yeah. I do like that. Improved HTML so, editing's in there too. Improved project and pain management. Yes. Plugins are better insulated from the application and now have broader and fully thread-safe API to work with. That means they won't be as slow. Yes. Right. So there we go. I'll have a link to that in the show notes if you guys want to check out Sublime Text 3's beta. All right, Mr. Dominic, I think that brings us to the end, huh? Yeah, that's the end of our kind of, you know, Rapping. more casual show. Yeah, kind, kind of turned into a Microsoft show, didn't it? A little bit. But, got, you a little, know, got a little rough. I think yeah. in perspective, we'll look back and this will be this will be kind of summing up all the frustrations w- with them and sort of justifying that restructure they have coming. Yeah. Look, where should people find you throughout the week? 
They should find me at DominicM.com. Pow! We have links to that and social profiles in the show notes. You can also email the show, CodaRadio at JupiterBroadcasting.com or hit that contact link or go to CodaRadio.reddit.com. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of Coda Radio. We'll see you right back here next week. 